Almost everyone believes that prayer is important, but there is a difference between believing that prayer is important and believing it is essential. Essential means there are things that will not happen without prayer. Okay, we would all say that prayer is important, but how many of us believe that prayer is truly essential? Well, Paul, as he's writing here to the church in Thessalonica, he begins by making this plea by stating, finally, brethren, pray for us. And we find the Apostle Paul often seeking and asking for the prayers of God's people. Uh, We find him doing it in the book of Colossians. We find him doing it in the book of Ephesians. We find him doing it in the book of Romans. We find it, you believe Paul wrote Hebrews, as I do, doing it in the book of Hebrews. We find him commending prayer to the church in Corinth, where he tells them in the second, uh, second Corinthians, ye helping together by prayer for us. So he was commending them for praying for him and for his ministry. So I think with the Apostle Paul, two thoughts about this. One thought is he knew that he needed the prayers of God's people. Uh, he knew that God had called him to a task And that prayer was needed, the power of God was needed to complete the mission that God had given to him. And not only did he know that he needed that prayer, but I think Paul knew that God answered prayer. And so as he is pleading for their prayers, he knows there's a task that he's going to need the hand, the blessing, the grace of God uh, to accomplish. He knows he needs these who will intercede for him before the throne of grace that God may answer these prayers, that he may receive the blessing of these prayers to complete the mission that God had called him to do. So he says, finally, brethren, pray for us. And then notice what his specific request is. And we're going to note three of them here, that the word of the Lord may have free course. So he is he's first asking that the gospel would have freedom. In the book of Colossians, he He prays that there would be open doors of utterance. Uh, He asked them to pray for the open doors of utterance. I think there are many hindrances to the gospel. There are many uh, hindrances that Satan builds or governments that maybe Satan uses to restrict the gospel. Uh, We see in our world today where uh, there are somewhere around, what, 7.5 or 6 billion people in the world today, and yet there are Uh, billions, I don't know the exact number, but I I would estimate probably half of the world's population has never heard the true gospel, a clear gospel presentation. So the gospel has been hindered. And uh, and Paul here is saying, pray that we'd have free course. Uh, Here, uh, before COVID, we took some of our students from SBI male students, and we went to the country of Tajikistan. And there in Tajikistan, we held a camp uh, for young people. Uh, and it was a wonderful time. It was a very, very difficult time. Uh, it was one of the most physically trying times I've ever had. It was just, it was hot. Uh, it was just very difficult uh, to be there. There's the circumstances you were under. But uh, I want to tell you that that week was one of the most special spiritual weeks of my entire life. It was a very sweet time. In the country of Tajikistan, 
uh, it is estimated that 97% uh, of Tajikistan is unreached with the gospel. That doesn't mean 3% have been reached. It means that, or have even heard the gospel. It means 3% have the potential to hear the gospel, but 97% uh, have no potential to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we could go down to the country of Laos, and the country of Laos would have numbers up in the 80s. I believe it's something like uh, 83 or 4% unreached with the gospel. Doesn't mean that 16 or 17% have been reached. Means 16 or 17%, again, have the potential to hear, but 83, 4%, no potential to hear the gospel. Uh, I mean, th why is this happening? I mean, think about Coca-Cola for a moment. I think Coca-Cola has been around for, what, about 100 years or so? Uh, and uh, started there in Atlanta, Georgia, in the, in the garage. A guy took some sugar and some water and some syrup or something and mixed them up and came up with Coca-Cola. Well, today, uh, wherever I've traveled, whether it be in Laos or in Tajikistan or in uh, the smallest little village or place in Ukraine, I can almost guarantee you that Coca-Cola will be in that little kiosk or in that little store no matter where I've traveled, I can buy Coca-Cola. So how is it that Coca-Cola has probably reached, and I don't know the exact percentage, but probably somewhere around 95, 97% of the world's population, uh, and yet the church in 2,000 years uh, has only reached somewhere possibly around 50% of the world's population with the gospel? Uh, well, one reason is hindrances to the gospel. What are some of the hindrances to the gospel other than governments and, and men that restrict it from being preached? What about the lack of laborers, the lack of workers? Remember what Christ said to his disciples. He said, the harvest is great. The laborers are what? They are few. So what are we to do? We're to pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers. And we need workers we need proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need them in Ukraine. We need them in Laos. Uh, we need them in Central Asia and these countries. And you know what we, what we really need? I mean, I'd be grateful for Canadian missionaries or American missionaries that would travel and go to these countries. But what we really need is we need nationals that are trained. We've had some ministry in the country of Laos, and we actually have some... Uh, teaching there in Laos. And in that country, I think there is around 126 uh, different culture groups, 126 different ethnic groups of people. I mean, for a country that size, that's just amazing. So you think when we, like when we have some of our classes there, I think we've had seven or eight or nine different groups of people culture groups, men from these different culture groups in our session there for our institute. So they'll come. Uh, they might be Hmong, but of the Hmong people, there might be black Hmong, there might be white Hmong, there might be green Hmong. And each one of those groups has their own language. They might be Bru, they might be Kamu, they might be Lao, okay? So th there's many different groups, but many of these, like the Kamu, like the Bru, like the different Hmong and other groups, uh, their number one language is not the Laotian language. They have their own 
uh, tribal tongue that they speak. Now, Laotian may be a market language. It might be a language that's like a second language. We teach in that institute in Lao, but for many of these men, that's not their first tongue. What is needed to reach these, these culture groups in this country with the gospel of Christ? Well, it's a communist country. It's one of the top 20 most persecuted nations in the world. So if I travel to that country, and if I go to, uh, uh, to some of those Hmong village or to northern parts or southern parts of, of Laos, I'm a tall, white, European-looking man. Immediately, I would draw attention, and whoever I was preaching to would be under scrutiny and would get in trouble if I myself wouldn't also get in trouble. Again, what's needed? The training of nationals. So we should be praying for our missionaries. We should be praying uh, for national leadership, for natural natu national uh, workers to be raised up within these ministries, that that gospel may be proclaimed in that country for the glory of Christ, and asking the Lord to give the gospel free course. Lord, open doors in a, in a strange way, in a very difficult way, the war in Ukraine has opened doors to the gospel. I mean, there have been opportunities to preach the gospel. I just received word today from a pastor and uh, uh, his church, just many, many visitors, lost people coming to visit. They're, they're looking for help, but you know what else they're looking for? They're looking for hope, something they can place their hope in. So God has used this war to open a door to open it and to, to provide opportunity to present and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we should pray for the gospel to have free course. Number two, look what it says, and be glorified even as it is with you. Not just for the gospel to be preached, but for it to be blessed, for it to be glorified, for it to be received by those who hear it. Think about the church here to whom Paul is writing in Thessalonica. He writes them, when I came to you, I didn't come in word only, but I came in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. My friend, if anyone is going to be saved, it's not just going to be by the hearing of the word, but it's going to be by the hearing of the word, but that hearing being blessed by the Spirit of God. There has to be a convicting power of the Spirit of God working, convicting of sin, convicting of a lack of righteousness, convicting of judgment to come. There must be the convicting work of God for anyone to be saved, to be born again. God has to be at work. God has to be drawing. Now, man has to make a choice, I believe. Man has to decide whether to receive this or not, but God has to begin this work. He initiates it by conviction and by drawing. And so here, as we're looking at this and we're, we're seeing Paul, he's saying here, look, don't just pray for it to have free course but pray that it would be glorified. Just a, a quick report. We have a, a dear lady in our church whose name is Tatiana. She did not come uh, to a service until she heard or till she received an invitation for the third time. Then she began coming uh, after she received it that third time. Then a few weeks later, she started coming very faithfully. Once she started coming, she kept coming. So praise God. Then within a few weeks, uh, she, she received Christ. She prayed to receive Christ. Then there was a Sunday where after a service, she shared with my wife, Julie, she said, you know, before my salvation, uh, I didn't like to sing. 
I, I would, uh, you know, I, I just had no desire to sing. I didn't want to sing. But she said, you know, now I just can't get enough singing. I just love to sing. And she was speaking about our morning services and the songs and hymns and so forth that we're singing. God has put a song in her heart. What happened? The gospel was glorified in her. She had received the Lord Jesus Christ and became a new creature in Jesus Christ. So pray for the gospel to have free course. Pray for the gospel to be glorified, even as it is with you. And listen, some of your missionaries are in very difficult places, very dark places. Uh, They're taking that gospel there. And uh, my friends, they need the power of God uh, for that gospel to pierce that darkness in which those, those people are living. Some of these places, like in Laos, where you have animism and Buddhism and so forth, or in Tajikistan, where it's Muslim. I mean, do you know the satanic influences in these countries and uh, just the suppression that these people, the darkness that these people live in, is just amazing, uh, the, the, the hand and power that you see in these countries of Satan. What is needed? The power of the gospel, the power of the Spirit of God. So pray for it to have free course, pray for it to be glorified. And then look in verse number two, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So Paul says here, listen, pray also uh, that we will be delivered from these unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Uh, You think about some of these men taking the gospel into some of these countries, and uh, whether it be like a Tajikistan, a Muslim country, uh, one of our young men there from uh, Pakistan, he's shared with me, he said, Pastor, you need to come with me to Pakistan. We need to take this message to the Pakistani people. And uh, wow, I, I, I thought to myself, I'm not sure about that. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll see a brother white there from Grace, uh, Grace Baptist can go there with him to Pakistan uh, to take that gospel, right? It's going to be very difficult, very dangerous there. I'm teasing, of course. But what I'm sharing is we, we need prayer, right, to be delivered from these unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. Listen, when you take the gospel of Christ to a culture, that gospel is, is, uh, is calling men to what? To repentance. What is repentance? Remember when Paul stood there on Mars Hill, God is commanding all men everywhere to what? To repent. Why? Because there's this day coming when he's going to judge the world by this one whom he raised from the dead, right? Jesus Christ. So Paul was telling those in uh, Athens, listen, you need to repent of your false gods, of your false religion. You need to repent and turn to Christ, the only one who can save, uh, and come to him. So it's to acknowledge that not only have I been wrong, but my ancestors, my mom, my grandmother, my grandmother's grandmother, grandfather, grandfather's grandfather, right? Going all, all for centuries, they've all been wrong, which means if they've all believed what I think they believe, then they're all doomed to hell. That's not going to make you real popular. You follow the life of the Apostle Paul. He wasn't very popular. We find him in prison. We find him beaten. We find him stoned and all the different things that took place in his life. Why? Because men didn't like this message. There are unreasonable and wicked men. Not all men have faith, right? We need to pray for the preservation of our missionaries and for the preservation of of, uh, of the work that they're doing for the glory of Christ. And listen, uh, pray for Ukraine. Uh, there's a lot of wicked and evil things that are happening there. Pray for them 
as they go through such a difficult time. Pray for the believers there to be strengthened and for them to look for these opportunities uh, that are coming up now to share the gospel of Christ. Uh, pray for God to protect them uh, through the missiles that are fired and through all the things that are happening there on the ground. Uh, pray for pastors in Ukraine to have a wisdom and a grace that is beyond them when they teach their people, when they counsel their people. Pray for Sergei, our charitable fund director, that God would bless him with grace. There's been times when he's called me uh, just weeping with just different things he's faced with and with the need that is there right now to, to help, to reach out, to Sometimes you feel helpless, like you're, you're trying to, uh, you know, stop a, a fire hydrant with all the water just gushing out and all you've got is just this little bucket. And I mean, you're just not able to catch it all. You feel like, are we even getting anything accomplished? There's such a great need. But Jehovah Jireh, God can provide and, and he will provide. But your prayers can make a difference. Let me, let me close with this, this thought. I'm going to read you something and I want you to think about it. And then I want to close with this illustration. Uh, concerning concerning prayer. But there was a quote I read, and the quote says this, almost everyone believes that prayer is important, but there is a difference between believing that prayer is important and believing it is essential. Essential means there are things that will not happen without prayer. Okay, we would all say that prayer is important, but how many of us believe that prayer is truly essential? And essential means there are things that will not happen without prayer. What I'm stating this evening is from, from Surrey, right there in Canada, uh, your prayers can make a difference in Ukraine. Your prayers are essential. They can make a difference in Ukraine and essential and can make a difference in all the countries where you have sent missionaries. Your prayers are not just important. They are essential. And essential means there are things that will not happen unless you pray, unless you are lifting these things up. I believe that souls can be brought to Christ through your prayers in Surrey for souls in Ukraine. I believe God will answer those prayers. I just do. I'm like Paul. Brethren, pray for us. Think about Exodus 17. There in Exodus 17, remember the story. Uh, Joshua was to go down in the valley below for battle. Uh, there he was battling with the Amalekites, and he had the sword, and he had the army of Israel. And they were going hand-to-hand -hand combat down in, the, down in the valley. Where was Moses? He was up on the hill. You remember the story, up on the hill, raising his hands up before God, uh, in, in dependence of God, prayer to God being lifted up. You remember as Moses got tired, he brings his hands down, and, and there below, Joshua starts to lose the battle, down below. He's losing the battle. And then you remember, Aaron and Hur come alongside Moses, lifting his hands back up until the victory was completely won and secure. So here's my question for you. Where was the battle won? Was the battle won down in the valley? Some would say, well, Joshua, he had the sword. He won the battle. Yeah, I, okay, I understand that. But really, where was the battle won? It was won up on the hill. It was won in prayer by Moses, Aaron, and Hur. As you send these missionaries out, as they go into these various parts of the world with the gospel, as you pray for Ukraine, where is the battle, the victory going to be won? Missionaries will go. They're going down in the valley. The believers there in Ukraine, those that have stayed and remained, they want to be witnesses for Christ. They want to use this terrible time to proclaim the glory of Jesus Christ. Where will the battle be won? It can be won in Surrey, up on the hill, as you're lifting them up in prayer. Your prayers are not just important. 
Your prayers are essential. And I covet your essential prayers for Julie and I, for our ministry, for Ukraine, ministry in Laos, ministry in Central Asia that God allows us to um, participate in. Uh, But we need and require your essential prayers. Brethren, pray for us. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for Grace Church, Lord, the blessing that they've been to us. Lord, bless Brother White and the church family there. Continue to build them and increase them, Father, and to grow them in your grace. Thank you for their vision for world missions and for reaching their own Jerusalem right there with the gospel of Christ. May you be glorified and honored in our lives and ministries. In your most holy and precious name, Lord Jesus, do we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.